Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you, as always, by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined, as always, by Nick Horwat. And let me tell you, Horwat, I'm feeling pretty good right now about my Edmonton Oilers. Zach Hyman with the OT Heroics knotted up at two, three games to go, and my Oilers have home ice advantage once again. How are you feeling about your LA Kings right about now? The great thing is, it's like, yeah, I'm rooting for a team, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm so, I'm going to root for a team, but you know what, if they lose, no skin off my nose. Um, I don't know, I just, you're right, I think it's going to be a great series, first of all, but, um, man, the Oilers just didn't seem to, there, you have to be real, there were times it didn't seem like the Oilers had it. Oh no, and, the, there have been many times in this series where I've been worried about our little in-show bet here, but uh, right now I'm, I'm flying high off an overtime win. It's the highs and lows of the playoffs, and even though the Penguins aren't in it, we're not covering a team that is actively playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Gonna get those highs and lows somewhere, right? Yeah, you're right, and I will say this too. That was absolutely a high stick on Gabe Velarde, but for the sake of the Oilers, score a goal in the third period, and that never happens. So Yeah, exactly. You, know, you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Stop looking for excuses as an unintentional high stick that in any heat of the moment game, even in the regular season, a ref is going to miss that. And even seeing it fall and hit Ekholm, yeah, I know that's not part of the rule, but again, heat of the moment, you kind of forget that's part of the rule. And you go, okay, he hit it next, doesn't matter, we move on. Also, stop playing, or don't stop playing. Keep playing until the whistle, and maybe you get possession. Anyway, I digress. Um... (laughs) Penguins hockey that doesn't exist right now. Yeah, we have plenty to talk about surrounding the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to do our three M's segment here. We're going to actually do it in in two parts. We'll do the first five restricted and unrestricted free agents for the Pittsburgh Penguins in this segment, the second five in the next one, and then we'll finish off the show with our weekly pens pull. But I want to start here, Horwat, considering we haven't done it yet. The 2022-23 Iron Penguin Award winners. We forgot to award it after the season. We have four winners this year, Horwat. The most we have ever had among the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is, I believe, let me double check really quickly. This could be the fourth year that we're awarding this. It is. 
It is the fourth year we're awarding it. We have four award winners, so a great little tie-in right there. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Ricard Raquel, and Brian Dumoulin. All 82 games for those four Pittsburgh Penguins, all first-time recipients of the Iron Penguin Award. Yeah, I mean, like it or not with Brian Dumoulin, I mean, the fact that he stayed healthy all year is a... He deserves a little pat on the back for that, right? I mean, sure, the first half wasn't great, uh, and sure, he found a different form of game in the second, but, um, you know, good on him. It's hard to play all 82 in a season. Ricard Raquel needs no introduction. We're glad he was able to play all 82, and, I mean, for the Crosby and Malkin, we can lump these two together. I think Crosby said it best. He'd take 81 in a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. He's totally right still. It's, um... It's cool that they were able to do this, um, but goes to show what... And It's cool they were able to do it and have this great of a season for both of them. Uh, just goes to show what kind of downfall this bottom six brought to this team. Yeah, think about the fact that considering the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins when it comes to staying healthy, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Ricard Raquel all played 82 games. I believe Jake Gensel played 78 games. Brian Rust played... I believe 78 or 79 games and Jason Zucker played 78 games as well. So their top six missed very little time this season, yet they still weren't able to get the job done. But congratulations to the four of them. As you've mentioned before, Crosby and Malkin, the first time they've ever played 82 games in a season together. And this is the fourth year that we've done this still, even though we had four first time winners this year, no two time winners. So they're all tied for the lead in lifetime Iron Penguin Award wins. That's quite fun. That's quite interesting. One thing I, I know we discussed at nauseum how injured the Penguins were this year. Uh, we were the fifth. We had the was it the fifth least man games, games lost in the NHL this year. Um, didn't realize that. So even so, the injuries can't be an excuse this year. Not that we were really using excuses this year, but no. they just simply weren't um, good enough. I think that's that's pretty much all there there is to it. Yeah, and I just think that this. The fact that four players here uh, played in all 82, that's rare on, even on healthy teams, I think. So uh, good on them, and you're right. Brian Russ played 81. I mean, you only miss one game. There's something. Yeah. Jeff Carter, again, like Dumoulin, as much as you didn't want to see him in the lineup, Jeff Carter played 79. Gensel, 78. Jason Zucker, 78. So everyone was around for a lot of the season. When they were here, they were in the lineup. And when you're not losing out on... Players lost. Uh, got to have a better turnout. Straight up. But With that, let's move over to our 3M segment. It's a segment we do multiple times a year. We're going to do it here today. We might do it again closer to the beginning of free agency. Of course, some of these players might be signed by then. But let's start off with Drew O'Connor. Must sign, maybe sign, or move on. Reminder, Drew O'Connor is a restricted free agent, so the Penguins hold his rights this summer. We'll hold his rights. I've, I will resign him, and that's a must. Just you're going to be able to get him cheap. I don't know what kind of cheap exactly. Um, I don't think I would be. Ah, uh, man, yeah, he goes to what a million at max, depending on how much term he gets, depending on what we genuinely do think of him as an NHL player. The real question I think to this deal is: is not so much the money or the term, but is it going to be a one way? Mm. Is that going to be you're going to be a full-time NHLer now here's what you get new also before we really step into this fully new ownership's going to throw a bit of a wrench into a lot of these mm -hmm. not a huge one but it is a new ownership group or new management group sorry new management group of 
well, what do you have? What do like we need to now assess who you are as a player? Yeah, we've been watching the game tape. We can see the numbers, this, that, and the other. Hear from scouts, hear from other front office execs, but it is ultimately their decision, and they have to run their own diagnostic like diagnosis. So, I mean, they'll keep. I still do think they'll keep Drew O'Connor around. I think the real question, though, isn't like I said. It's not going to be the terms. It's not going to be the price tag. It's going to be the one way or two way deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll echo that sentiment. I think that's going to be the biggest question surrounding this contract because it's it's not going to cost a lot of money. It's not going to be a heavy cap hit. You know they want to bring him back because he plays the game the exact way that Mike Sullivan wants his team to play the game. And he's capable of doing it to the level that we saw in 2016 and 2017 among depth forward. He's like a Tom Kunockle right now. I mean, to make that comparison, he's pretty much a Tom Kunakel. He's 24 years old. He plays aggressive and fast. The Penguins need more of that, not less. So I think this is a pretty easy answer. No matter who's sitting in the big chair for the Pittsburgh Penguins, you bring back Drew O'Connor, not just because it's going to be cheap, not just because he's young, he's fast, he's great on the forecheck, he can kill penalties, but he's an RFA and he's a player that just played his first real full season in the NHL. And it's not like he's going to come up and score 15 goals and he's going to cost a little bit more money than you're going to want to pay him. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be a top six guy, but I do feel like there's a little more to his offensive game that we haven't seen yet. I think you'll see that maybe another level up, maybe 10, 15 at max would probably be his ceiling. And that would be a, a phenomenal season from Drew O'Connor. A good season is probably 10 goals, and then, like we said, playing the way that we've mentioned all along, the penalty kill, huge. Eating up minutes on the fourth line, huge. Being able to move up to the third line if there's injuries, huge as well. So both of us are on the same wavelength with Drew O'Connor and a must-sign. Let's move over to another restricted free agent in Alex Nylander. Uh, He was the Pittsburgh Penguins fans' darling at the end of the season because he was one of the first young players to break through and actually get into the top six, not just on the bottom six for a couple of games, but get some top six action with the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. What are you doing with Alex Nylander? So <clears throat> I'm resigning Nylander, but I'm not making it longer than a year. Uh, I'm not making it longer than a year. I'm making it a one way as well, but also genuinely using his top six times sparingly. I think I had this discussion with you and Dougie. It's, did, were we all kind of blinded by 50 points in the AHL and seeing no other better option than just going Alex Nylander, top six, right now? Because I felt like once he was in, once he got in, he had one good shift, a couple good shifts. Um, with Malkin and Zucker, we all just kind of jumped to the conclusion of he's a top six player, screw it. We're, we need anything we can get. I think the premise of anyone in the bottom six can be, can be beneficial. And that definitely helped in Nylander's favor. But putting him on the second line, I don't think helped him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nylander can still find some legs, but it's going to be in a bottom six role. And it's just, I feel like it kind of has to be uh, to really drive home. Because we still genuinely don't know what kind of player he is specifically. He spent a lot, I mean, he's 25 right now. Mm-hmm. I believe he'll be 26 soon enough. Uh, which means, oh, he'll be 26 in March. Okay, so he's 25. He'll be turning 26 in the middle of next season. He's pretty much hitting uh, what should be his prime. Now, we're not expecting him to turn into his brother or anything here. No. But we understand that there's a little more to give probably, but how much more is it? What kind of player is he specifically? 
starting him on the third line I don't think is a terrible idea, especially if you're able to rebuild it properly. Mm. So I, I'm re-signing him, but not for long. So is that a maybe sign or a must sign? That's a must. It's, it's definitely a must. He, he's still a useful player. Okay, I go maybe sign with this. Uh, similar to Drew O'Connor, I don't think he's going to be expensive. And I also don't give him a one-way contract. Because I don't think he's earned a one-way contract. You need guys that are going to be able to play at the NHL level, be those injury replacements, but also that can be at the AHL level as well and still be a productive player down there. I mean, I'm I'm not worried about how good or bad the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are, but I'm not willing to give Alex Nylander a one-way deal when he hasn't really shown much at the NHL level with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, he just got to the NHL level after a year and a half in the system this season. He didn't even play a dozen games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He only scored one goal. I do like what he brings, and I like him more than, say, a Danton Heinen, who we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Because I think he's a similar player. The only difference is when Nylander isn't scoring, he's a better facilitator than Heinen. And I think he plays the game with a little bit more speed and a little bit more pace than Danton Heinen does. So I would bring him back over Heinen. And considering he's an RFA, I say maybe you sign him. Depending on what the qualifying offer is, I haven't looked into that just as uh, just yet. But I think maybe you bring him back, but I wouldn't give him a one-way deal. Yeah, I mean, that's also totally fair. It's He's... Some of you, some of me also just feels like he's seen enough time on on the interstate, has he not? For one, but also two. I don't. Uh, it, if I'm the Penguins, I don't give a crap. Like, cool, you're making however many hundred thousand dollars a year. You can pay for some gas to go from the NHL to the AHL level, especially when you're getting a raise to drive to Pittsburgh from Wilkes-Barre. That's fair, but still, it's just quite. Uh, it is just genuinely meme worthy how. Often he got sent back and forth on on the highway, but yeah. Um, also with the two way deal, it's it's extremely hard to. Ha- You're right. Like we don't worry too much about how good or bad WBS is. It's genuinely hard to have a good NHL and AHL franchise, right? And that's just hard to do. Um, Penguins had that for a minute, like a hot minute, but isn't this uh, the first year that neither the Penguins or the baby Penguins made or the first year that they both missed the playoffs since like 2003, at least in 16 years. Well, yeah, I I think it was 2003 (laughs) or 2002. I I can't remember exactly. Uh, Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh sports put that out and I just can't remember off the top of my head. That would make sense because you have to figure that the players, some of the players, at least that pushed those early playoff teams into the playoffs were probably on Wilkes-Barre at the time. So that would make sense. Um, that being said, though, it's hard to have two good winning teams like that. And, you know, if Nylander needs to get sent down, called up, I think that's also perfectly okay. I don't mind a two-way. I just, um, one way or the other, I think you have to re-sign them either way. Yeah, we're going to need to pick up the pace here because we are taking way too much time on Drew O'Connor and Alex Nylander. So let's move over to Danton Heinen. I'll start. I'm moving on from Danton Heinen. Year one was great with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Year two was not. Eight goals in 65 games this season, three of them coming in October. He does not offer much on the ice other than five-on-five scoring, and he didn't do much of that this season. At this point, and I'm going to say it again with another player down the line here, The Penguins need to change where they can afford to change. And getting rid of a $1 million player for a fresh new face in that role when Danton Heinen didn't bring very much, that's an area you need to change. So you just cut bait and move on from Danton Heinen if if I'm making the decision. 
Oh yeah, we, we, we took a little longer on uh, Neil Andrew and O'Connor because quite a few of these are pretty cut and dry. Yes. Like this one, Danton Heinen, thanks for your service. You'll find a job somewhere else that just won't be here. The first year was fun. It was a little unexpected. This year was uh, also a little unexpected, but in the wrong way. So, mm-hmm. peace out. Let's move over to Dmitry Kulikov. Again, a pretty quick and easy one here. I'm moving on from Dmitry Kulikov. I'm not even sure why he was playing in the first place when the Penguins acquired him. I understand maybe bringing him over because that's what was required in order to get Brock McGinn off the books, especially for his contract going into the next couple of seasons. So you get Kulikov on an expiring deal. Not sure why he was playing over P.O. Joseph. So uh, I'm moving on from the aging Dmitry Kulikov that showed me very little from the trade deadline to the end of the season. Yeah, he didn't show much. It's un- He unfortunately didn't show you much considering uh, an injury. But I'm also shocked he agreed. I mean, unless it, we're just one of the teams that he didn't have on his list uh, to get moved here in the first place. I mean, maybe he just wanted out of Anaheim. The Penguins were a possible playoff team. This, that, the other. Uh, yeah, it's another easy cut and dry one. You're moving on, and you got out from Brock McGinn. Way to go. We did it. Let's move over to another trade deadline acquisition. Nick Bonino will be an unrestricted free agent. He wasn't a bad option, in my opinion, at the time of the trade deadline for a depth player. He was cheap. He brought back some nostalgia, which is great for the fan base. But then he only played three games before lacerating his kidney and not being able to suit up again for the Pittsburgh Penguins really at all. So what are you doing with Nick Benito? Must sign, maybe sign, or move on? I'm moving on again. Just it, it, it was the most unfortunate of returns. Like I said, it, your put, bringing the band back together idea, it, it, that almost never works. I don't know why GM still attempt it, um, especially the, considering this is a new G. That, that was a different GM from the time. Um, and just a very unfortunate ending. It almost never works, but the memories are fun and three games later yikes and even in those three games that he played he really wasn't a factor at least he blocked a shot uh, unfortunately the shot took a little bit more of a piece of a uh, piece of them that the, we would have wanted and I also think that Jeff Carter is already taking up an an older center spot here on this team Penguins don't need anybody else in that role. So I'm moving on from Nick Benino as well. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we continue. Must sign, maybe sign, and move on and talk a little bit about Brian Dumlin, some Jason Zucker, some Josh Archibald, and uh, another player named Tristan Jari that a lot of people are having discourse about in Penguins fandom. We'll talk about that after the break. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm Nick Berlansky. That's Nick Horowat. We're in the midst of must-sign, maybe-sign, move-on, looking at all of the Pittsburgh Penguins' restricted and unrestricted free agents. And before we move on to talk more about the guys that played at the NHL level, there are a handful of prospects in need of a new deal. We won't go through them all. Uh, just going to mention Valtteri Pustinen needs a new one. Ty Smith needs a new one. Philip Hollander is up in a restricted free agent. Drake Kajula is unrestricted. And goaltender Philip Lindbergh is restricted. Just some of the bigger names of players at the AHL level who are going to need a new contract. Any of those names that you're just like, okay, we could move on from them. We don't need to see more of that in the Pittsburgh Penguins system. 
Let me unmute my mic. I do not think so. I think all of them deserve at least another couple seasons at the cheap price that they are just to finally see what they're worth. I mean, this is the season we have to give some of those names a try, a legitimate try. Ty Smith, I fully expect to be in the NHL lineup next year, first of all. So he's deserving of a contract that um, can keep him with the team. Everyone else, I mean, Drake Kajula, I think maybe that doesn't really, that's not moving the needle much, so there's that. But, I don't know, most of everyone else down there, I think, uh, can bring back for another season and see what they really have. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that same sentiment about Kajula. He didn't show much when he went to the NHL level. He wasn't given much of an opportunity in those couple of games that he played. I believe he played like six minutes of, t- of time in each of those two games, and then he was sent back down, so... Yeah, maybe give him another shot, see what he's like after after the summer, how he comes into camp, and if he can earn a spot over somebody else. I mean, the Penguins' bottom six was so bad last year that if you take a step forward in the summer, you might just earn yourself a roster spot at the NHL level, depending on how the new general manager is able to build up that bottom six over the summer. But with all of these guys, again, Ty Smith and Valtteri Pustin are the two big names. I think Hollander is right there is like a 1B name. Uh, But Philip Lindbergh is an interesting scenario where we can get into this a different day. Talk about goaltenders that struggled to stay healthy. Since he came to the Pittsburgh Penguins organization, he has had uh, a handful of injuries. I'd have to double check. I think he got healthy towards the end of the season, but he missed most of his first year with the Penguins organization in 2021-22 with an injury, and then he missed some time this season as well. So interesting names down there. I'm sure we'll talk about them throughout the summer. I'm sure most of them will find a new contract here with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. But let's move over and talk a little bit about Brian Dumoulin, Horwat. Personally, thanks for your service, BD. Thank you for the Stanley Cup runs. Thank you for being, as both of us have mentioned, one of the best defensive defensemen in the history of the organization, right? In in its most important time, or one of its most important times, he was the defensive force that led the blue line. So thanks for your service, but I'm moving on from Brian Dumoulin. Same. Cut and dry. Thanks for everything. Um, your <laughs> your grievance package will be in the mail, I guess. I don't... Yeah, that was a fun couple of years. You're just getting aged out. You're not the same player you used to be. We definitely don't know what kind of deal that you can strike in the NHL anymore. It's probably worth more than either of us would be willing to pay, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, you'll never be forgotten around here, that's for sure. You'll get the very nice tribute video next season when you come back, and that's that. Speaking directly Sayonara. to uh, to Brian Dumlin there, a lot of, a lot of first person or second person, you, 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 yeah. you know, it's like you sat him down and you're you're giving the script to the new general manager. This is what we do when we call Dumlin and say we're not offering him a new contract. There's the script right there. I think the writing's also been on the wall for Dumoulin all season. Yeah. All season. Even before even before the year started, because his struggles stemmed last year, too. Um, it's just one of the unfortunate parts of, you know, just hitting the end of your rope. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that he showed this season more than last year that he's just not capable of being a top-pairing defenseman anymore. And that's not a, necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the lower body injuries he's faced... And the fact that he's over the age of 30, it's when it starts to happen to every NHL defenseman. I I mean, father time is undefeated except for against LeBron James. And 
when you look at the Penguins organization, they have a handful of second and third pairing options that are better than Brian Dumoulin. And like I mentioned earlier with Danton Heinen, this team needs to turn a corner in certain areas and change where it can afford to change. Brian Dumoulin is an area they can afford to change. $4.1 million off the books, clean, and you need to turn younger. You mentioned Ty Smith. I think that's the perfect name to go up and, and get into the lineup for Brian Dumoulin. So let's move over to another player and talk Josh Archibald. Interesting case here because the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't think they needed Josh Archibald. Well, not them. They thought they needed Josh Archibald. Ron Hextall uh, throwing a lot of swagger around, mentioning that, hey, we didn't sign who even, I don't even remember who it was, uh, Larson. Yes, Johan Larson. Johan Larson. We didn't sign Johan Larson, but I can tell you, we did sign Josh Archibald. And everybody's like, wait, did you did? Like, nobody... Nobody heard about this? Okay. Uh, they brought in Josh Archibald. That move was met with a lot of pushback from everybody, including us on this podcast. And I'll say, pleasantly surprised this season about Josh Archibald's performance. He was an excellent depth piece for the Pittsburgh Penguins. With that in mind, maybe you sign him, maybe you don't. What I think you do in that position, first of all, it is so far down the list of priorities this summer for the Pittsburgh Penguins that... Maybe you sign him and say, hey, we checked that box. We have that position filled. Let's focus on something else. Because it's right there. It's easy. It's not expensive. I'm sure he he might get a little bit of a pay bump coming back a second season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But if you can afford and you can find anyone better on the market, then find somebody else better on the market. But if you can't, yeah, bring Josh Archibald back. Put him on the fourth line. Stick him on fourth line right wing, and there you go. I think the thing with Josh Archibald is, while I see everything you're saying, uh, new management's not going to care for him. They're not. And it's not even through any fault of his own. I just don't see whoever it may be, whomever steps into the table, to the chair, to the to the office. Um, they're going to understand what Josh Archibald brought to the team and go, that's great. We can find someone slightly younger, do the same thing, same price. I don't Dime know. a dozen out here. It's, I just don't see it happening. Plus, the bottom six needs such a revamp that he's just going to become, you know, just a cutting a fat. Really, it's, it's a simple, easy transaction to take on. I just nothing against Josh Archibald, nothing against you either, Berlanski here, but I just don't see it happening whatsoever. And I don't even think I really care to see it happen. So I have to go with the move on, for sake of. Mm-hmm. That's the most likely option. I mean, really, did Hextall want to bring him in, or was it knee-jerk reaction because Johan Larson fell through? Did And that goes with Grant, Like, Did he really want to bring Granlin in, or was it knee-jerk because he fell through with uh, JT Miller? See, I wouldn't say that for the Archibald thing because it was the first day of free agency. <laughs> so, right, but I mean, if that was knee-jerk reaction, yes, we've we've got on Hextall at all. But I don't think he is that incompetent that he would have said, you know what, no, you know, Johan Larson on the opening day of free agency, I need somebody, Josh Archibald. Like it was the first day of free agency, Horwat. Like that's again nothing against you, but that's 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 a take that I feel like I, I understand we don't give Hextall much credit, and he doesn't deserve much credit because of his performance over the past year. But he's not that illegitimate of a general manager that he would have thought, okay, I couldn't fill my fourth line right wing role with Johan Larson. I must do it now because nobody's going to be available later. 
Man, you never know. He's not I, here for. A I'm going to say right? that I, I'm going to say that I know that that was not the reason. I, I think Josh Archibald was on his plans, especially considering I believe Johan Larson is a center. But uh, regardless, let's move over to Ryan Paling, restricted free agent this summer. I say must sign Horwat. What say you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I said it on here somewhere. I'm really curious to see what the number will be. He is a full-time NHLer. It's not like he spent time in the AHL this season, so he's deserving of an NHL number that is higher than what he's getting now, just 750. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see what the number is. So I'm into the idea of Ryan Paling sticking around. He's absolutely a must-sign. I just want to see what kind of deal this is, and I'm not even going to throw my own option, my my own idea out, just because I don't have one. I'm just so genuinely curious what it could be. Yeah, I think Paling's another guy like O'Connor that you're going to see a one, one-way one contract for. Um, also, because, you know, he really found his game at the end of the season. Like, like, during the regular season, there were a lot of times where you're looking at it, you're like, all right, I mean, he's a guy. He's there. He's faster than we all expected, right? Fastest clocked speed of the 2022-23 regular season. Ryan Paling over Connor McDavid. We're going to hold that all the time and ta- mention that all the time, but... At the end of the season, once he finally got healthy, he really found his game. And now, I'm not saying that Ryan Paling is a guy that I would bring back and say, hey, third-line center, there you go. I would say he's your fourth-line center, and in a pinch, if you have injuries or the guy that you bring in to be third-line center just isn't cutting it, a la Mikhail Granlund, in a pinch, he can work. Now, the problem with the Penguins last season was... They brought in three third-line guys that didn't work, and they didn't have three guys that, in a pinch, could fill that role, right? They, they just didn't have that kind of depth, and they whiffed on all three third-line guys. Think about that. The third line to start last season was Danton Heinen, swing and a miss. Jeff Carter, swing and a miss. Kasperi Kapanen, swing and a miss. Three strikes, you're out in the third line was trash. Ryan Paling was fine on the third line at the end of last season. That's not his best spot. And I do think that he still has room to grow because he he is 24 years old. But let's not forget, he was misused and utilized incorrectly with the Montreal Canadiens. So getting that fresh start was good for, for Ryan Paling with the Penguins. And he saw that at the end of the season. He started to build off of what he had learned throughout the year when he finally got healthy. Yeah, and it's something that he can continue to build into next season and maybe even the season further. It's mm-hmm. um, going to be a fun ride with Ryan Paling. He'll be the depth center for sure. Um, but you never know what his future holds. You know, with at only 24, 24, got a lot of hockey in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what Ryan Paling's future is. I imagine, especially as an RFA, I imagine he gets a new deal, uh, at least from the outside looking in again. Things change when a new general manager takes foot into the arena and puts his own little sprinkle on this team. Let's talk about Tristan Jari Horwat. Mm-hmm. Must sign, maybe sign, move on. Where do you stand on the Penguins starting netminder as of April 25th, 2023? I'm back in the bags for him. <laughs> I'm moving on. I, I, I want to see a completely new goaltending duo here. Something to really shake up this organization. Something to really shake up this team. Get the fire going again. This team missed the playoffs by a couple of points. For the third season in a row, they were let down by the goaltending. And among among other things. Mm -hmm. In all three seasons, obviously. But if you can fix one hole and fill one hole, 
you do it there. I don't know who your options are. I don't know what kind of... I don't know what kind of better ideas might that might be had. It's going to be a rough run, but I just think you can't be let down by the same two guys again. Not with a new group coming in. Not with new management coming in. You know, it... People were calling for Tristan Jari's head after the Islanders debacle. Two years ago. Two years ago. Burke and Hextall both said, he's our guy, here's a new contract to prove it. Right? Was that when he signed the deal? No, he signed before that. Well, they still said, he's our guy, he's sticking around to really prove it. Um, and then what happened? Then Tristan Jari was injured heading into the postseason... And then Casey DeSmith got hurt four periods in, whatever it may have been, mm-hmm. five even, or yeah, five periods in, still not enough. Because uh, now we're down to Louis Domingue and his magic for a couple of games. Now, don't get me wrong, had he won that, had we gotten out of that series somehow, some way with Louis Domingue, you know, obviously you're going back to Tristan Jari in round two, but oh, oh man. You can't be let down by your goaltending for another year because that's exactly what happened this year. Tristan Jari was injured all season. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly with what, but he came out and said almost all year. Yeah. What? (laughs) Well, I mean, you remember there were the reports of, quote, physical issues in the second month of the season when the Penguins were on that first seven-game losing streak, and it just was never right until after that we've heard chronic hip issue we've heard from Mike Sullivan hey he was he, he's not injury related anymore we're just trying to get him up to speed and then at the end of the season Jari said yeah I'm still dealing with some stuff so yeah he, he was injured throughout the rest of the season and I will guarantee you one thing and listen there are very little guarantees when it comes to this Pittsburgh Penguins offseason Crosby Malk and Latang are safe that's a guarantee the Pittsburgh Penguins will not have the same duo of goaltenders starting next season as they have had for the past three seasons. I guarantee that because it was baffling that Burke and Hextall ran it back after last year. So whoever the new front office is, general manager, president of hockey ops, whoever those new guys are, I guarantee you, whether it's Tristan Jari going out and then bringing in a new starter, or if they're saying, you know what, we'll bring Tristan Jari back, probably not give him as good of a contract as he had hoped going into the season, and we'll toss to Smith, find a 1B. Regardless, I I think there is going to be some movement in the goaltending ranks. There's going to be a new face there, and it's not going to be a Dustin Tokarski, right? So this is going to be the toughest call all summer. This is going to be the biggest storyline all summer after the Penguins hire a general manager. And the biggest thing, like you mentioned, what is available as far as upgrades? The John Gibson thing has been tossed around. I talked about that on Penguins to go yesterday. Uh, I like Jeremy Swayman, but he's an RFA and the Bruins are likely going to match any offer that is sent Swayman's way. Free agent wise, there's a handful of guys. Do you trust a Freddie Anderson? Do you want to bring in an Aiden Hill? There's a handful of guys, nobody that's really that standout number one guy. So maybe it's two signings there, a 1A and a 1B from the free agent market. I don't know. There's plenty of different directions the Penguins can go. But at the end of the day, I do believe 
Tristan Jari is better than what he showed this season. He was injured all season long. Now, if everybody wants to say, hey, he's injury prone, that's why I don't want to bring him back. I don't have time for that. Shut up. He had one bad season where he was injured. We've seen multiple times where, hey, you know, a guy missed a lot of time this season. Doesn't mean he's injury prone, right? Last year, what was it? Brock Nelson busted into him and broke his foot. It's not injury prone. His foot broke. And there's people that want to say, oh, he has weak bones. Shut the hell up. You don't know what you're talking about. This year, yeah, chronic hip injury, that's a concern. You're going to have to monitor that over the offseason, and you're going to have to be wary of that. But at the same time, if Kenny Malkin played 41 games last year, everybody said, you know what, I don't know if he can play. He's never played 70 games in a long time. It's been a couple years. He played 82 games, was over a point per game. Shut up with the injury stuff. Like, literally, enough of that. Is he a good enough goaltender to be a number one in this league? That is a better question. I don't know if he is, right? I don't know if he has the mental fortitude when the game gets bigger and the lights get brighter that he's going to be able to be the guy. I don't know if he has the swagger. I certainly don't think he has the swagger, but I don't know if he has the confidence in himself to be able to do that. That's my question. Not all this health bull crap that people are mentioning. So I say maybe you sign him. He's not good enough to be a must sign. You have to weigh your options and see what's out there because there might be a better option out there, right? You have to weigh your options. He's not a a go-to. You got to bring this guy back. He's not. He's just not that guy. But he's not a cut dry and move on because the options out there, if there were that many great options out there, I'd be be right there with you, Horwat. I would. But at the same time, there's not any, hey, John Gibson is still that dude, right? He's not. He's not that dude. And and here's the other thing about John Gibson. He's played 18 more games than Tristan Jari over the past four seasons. One's considered a workhorse. One's considered injury prone. Get your mind out of what we just saw and look back a little bit further. That's, that's my whole point with Tristan Jari. I say maybe you sign him. You say move on. I think the one thing we can all agree on is he is not the only answer for the Pittsburgh Penguins and they need to look at other options. Correct. Correct. He's not going to be the only option to be, you know, taken hold of. He's not the only thing that needs to be fixed with this team. <laughs> Jesus, looking at John Gibson's numbers are so scary because we know he's better than that. That's the thing with John Gibson, and I'm sure we're going to have this discussion eight thousand times this off season, at least, and until another name floats around. Mm-hmm. The thing with John Gibson is that team is so bad in front of him, and like he, like legitimately, the Anaheim Ducks gave up. The most goal, the most shots ever. Yeah. By an NHL team. Yeah. John Gibson saw a lot of rubber. He did what he could in 53 games played this. Yeah. 53 games played this past season. You know, league lead in losses for three of the last four seasons. The team in front of him has not been good. I want to see what John Gibson can do on a good team. You know, why not give him the run here? Give him the chance. Because that seems to be an A plus, not an A plus. That seems to be an option right now. It is. But my biggest thing, sorry, go ahead. I don't, yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, You covered all the bases of, Mm -hmm. on your diatribe of, I don't want to hear it either. We just need to move on because, like I said, new management coming in too. They're going to want to build their team. Who there, there are guarantee. Like, there are not many guarantees when the new management comes in. But there are a few that I can say for certain will will happen when 
uh, FSG signs their guy. They're going to be a fan of Mike Sullivan. That's going to be step number one. Yeah, they're going to have to be. That's probably the first question in all of the interviews that haven't happened yet is, hey, what do you think of Mike Sullivan? Eh, okay, you're gone. Get out. Yep, exactly. (laughs) They're going to want to keep Sidney Crosby around. They're going to want to keep Evgeny Malkin around. They're going to want to keep Chris Letang around. Those are the four guarantees. From there, maybe the questions turn into, okay, Jake Gensel signing now or next year. Okay, Jason Zucker is a big free agent. What are we doing here? What path do you want this team to go in? Eventually, you get to the goaltending question, and genuinely, that the new GM has to be, we're going to take a hard look at it. Yeah. And by hard look, uh, more often than not, that's going to mean we're going to put our goalie in there. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We've seen what happened. We know Tristan Jari is an all-star caliber goalie. We've seen it. We. Ca- I don't care... It, it, what, Brilliant, no offense, I don't care what you think about the injury thing. If he's hurt, that's not good. Oh, yeah, if he's We've still seen hurt, it from this team for long enough. There's a reason people have to pass physicals to get contracts in sports. Exactly. But why, but why even bother with it? Because the options know. are not all that great. Like, even John Gibson. To me, John Gibson is Tristan Jari, but he's performed in the playoffs before. That's what he is. I know that he had a worse defense in front of him. Get up a better defense, which the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't great at defense this year. Like, they weren't fantastic in front of their goaltenders this year. His numbers are probably commensurate to the same thing that Tristan Jari did over the past four seasons. Now, with that, you're also paying to acquire him, whatever it costs, which is not going to be cheap. And you're paying him $6.4 million for the next four seasons. That's my issue with John Gibson. Is, Is it that much of an upgrade over a guy that you can probably get for cheaper and not have to give up assets for? Don't know. I'd do it. There you I'd go. Do it. I mean, that, and that's the thing. That's going to be the argument among, I'm sure, the people in our comment section on YouTube. Check us out at Inside the Penguins. It's going to be obviously all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over whatever social media you use, TikTok, Twitch, whatever. It's the big conversation surrounding the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. So that's always going to be a conversation until, like we said, you get an answer. But let's talk about Jason Zucker really quickly because uh, we went 11 minutes on Tristan Jari, but that's just what's going to happen. Uh, Jason Zucker must sign, maybe sign, or move on. Obviously, before you give your answer, Seth Rorapa had a piece on Jason Zucker yesterday where Zucker told him, quote, I want to be back, but as of now, it's obviously out of my control. We'll figure it out. End quote. Zucker says he wants to be back. Would you bring him back if you were the next general manager of the Penguins. Well, first of all, they all said they want to be. But he's now doubled down twice. He's probably been yeah. one of the only guys that have been asked twice, but he's doubled down twice. Exactly. Um, I mean, this is such a hard one, right? It's the only true maybe, I would say, in this entire list for me. It is the only true that either way, this team can benefit from it. You bring him back, okay. He has to do that again. He has to remain healthy, and that confidence still needs to be there as a veteran and in his veteran leadership role, despite the fact we have plenty of that. And if you move on from him, well, that's $5 million saved, and that's an opportunity to find younger legs. That's an opportunity to find someone who who you know for certain, or at least a little more for certain because it's hockey and it's a rough sport, can stay a little healthier. And... There are benefits to both sides of it. 
he's already on the wrong side of 30. You don't know. He's he's looking for his last big deal in the NHL, too. There's no doubt about that, right? Oh, yeah. He, he's he, not going to agree to He has the chance to cash in this year. Exactly. And you can never fault a player for taking the money. No. Never at all. Cups aren't guaranteed. Playoffs aren't guaranteed, as we see. All-star games aren't even guaranteed. But that money is. That cash, cash baby is. And if someone's willing to back, back up the Brinks truck, by all means. By all means. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how willing the Penguins will be to doing that. And like I said, new management. Yeah. Obviously, Jason Zerker will be high on the priority list. But it will be high on the priority list of just making a decision. It's not going to be, all right, he's on the list because we need to sign him. It's going to be, we just need to make the decision now so we know how to build further. Mm-hmm. Because that's a huge top six spot, like I said, worth five point five million dollars to work with. So I see both sides of the coin. I'm an, I am truly in the maybe category of genuinely it's up to the management. Don't let mm-hmm. me have an opinion. Would I like to see him back? Yes, but I would also be a little iffy on it. Would I like to see him leave? No, but I'd also be a little iffy on it. Yeah. I'm totally in the middle. Yeah, well, Jason Zucker, I know we've mentioned it and everybody mentions it. You want to get younger and faster. And I know Jason Zucker doesn't really go towards the younger goal and bringing him back. But he's proved, especially last season, that he still has some pretty good foot speed and he still brings the intensity that the Pittsburgh Penguins need from a guy in that position. A guy playing alongside Evgeny Malkin. Malkin. He does the dirty work for Evgeny Malkin's line. Now, Malkin is perfectly capable of doing that himself. But Malkin's a tree. Like, you want him in open space more than you want him getting down there against the boards where people are kicking at his legs. Because he falls, and when he falls, he falls hard. Jason Zucker is that nasty, grimy winger that goes into those areas, lays the body gets the puck, comes out of those areas, and he can lay a beautiful pass over to Evgeny Malkin, or as he showed this year, he can finish. He had 27 goals this year, and as you've mentioned, he's if he wants, he could get a raise from that 5.5. Probably not going to be from the Penguins if that's the case, because they're already paying four guys a lot of money in that top six, or five. I'm trying to think. Rust, Gensel, Crosby, Malkin, Raquel. Five guys. Great burgers, great Penguins top six. They're paying five guys in that top six already. Adding Jason Zucker into that, I know that last season they had six guys making a lot of money, but we saw how that worked out for the bottom six. And with the Pittsburgh Penguins needing to rebuild that bottom six, needing to divert more money towards the goaltending, it's going to be hard to re-sign Jason Zucker. If you can, and the price is right, you sign him. But the price isn't right, you're going to have to let him walk. And he says he wants to come back to the Penguins. We'll see how much he wants to come back to the Penguins when the negotiations start actually happening and when we start to see some reports about what either side is looking for. Yeah, and like like I, and the, and like I said, a huge factor in all this is whatever management comes in and whatever they want to do, whatever their goal is for the team. Mm-hmm. If it is, you know what, we're here and we have this plan in place that involves stripping it down almost completely this summer, get used to it that's their choice there might be a lot of <clears throat> might be a lot of heads rolling yeah i mean 
Sure, Brian Rust has the full no move, but he'll got he's a guy that's sticking around. Ricard Raquel's is modified. I'm saying some scary things, I know, but this new management group wants to come in and legitimately strip it down, make the options open. They whoever it is is gonna know how to build a hockey team, first of all. Fenway's not gonna go cheap on their GM. They're not gonna just pick someone out of the bin and go, let's see what he can do. They're gonna go in depth on this on whoever it may be. It also might be a first-time GM who wants to build a team like it's a video game. You don't know what's going to happen here. It, this is genuinely ter- about to turn into, for the second year in a row, the most interesting summer the Pittsburgh Penguins have ever had. Yeah, right. in different ways, last... but also, yes. Exactly. Sa- same we... intensity, same intrigue this summer. We thought last season was going to be... Her last offseason was going to be such a train wreck. It could go one way or the other. There's, There was, okay, Malkin and uh, Latang are up. Here's the, here's contract ideas. Here's this. Here's the doomsday button. What are the options following then? Uh, what maybe if we get them, what are the other options? Maybe it's just one, this option. Mm-hmm. There were so many different paths that the Penguins could have taken last season, and we saw the one they took, and it didn't work out completely. No. Now... There's another, It's now it's a new person on the path, but with the same group behind them. Mm-hmm. Time to pick your own destiny. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hextall and Burke certainly held on to their cards last offseason, which took a little bit of the mystique away. A lot of it was uh, they brought back Raquel, they brought back Russ, they brought back Malkin, they brought back Latang. they didn't change their goaltenders. Uh, who else did they bring back? I, I can't even remember. They brought back Sperry Kapanen, they brought back Casey. Danton Heinen. Right? right, yeah. Casey, K- Casey DeSmith. DeSmith was was a, was resigned to a two year deal. Throw Chad Ruedel in that boat if you want to. Chad Ruedel in that boat. P.O. Joseph was thrown in that boat. It was a lot of holding the cards. So this offseason, similar to last offseason, while it might not be the headline names, it might not be Malkin, Latang, Rust, Raquel. It's not the headline names that you might have to see whether or not they hold the cards or get rid of them. It's a lot of these depth pieces, and the big one, as we talked about for ten minutes on this episode, goaltending. And when there's a question about goaltending, everything else gets heightened. What do you do to build around the guy in the big fluffy pads? That's what's going to be intriguing about this offseason. And uh, I I think it's going to be an interesting one nonetheless. But we're going to take a quick break when we return. We finally did it after about a couple weeks, a weekly Pens Poll. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. We have our weekly Pens poll where we asked, which former Penguin would you most want to see return to the team next season? I'll preface this with something I probably should have put in the tweet. All of these names are upcoming unrestricted free agents. Hence, you wouldn't have to trade for any of them. You would just have to sign them. Evan Rodriguez won the poll with 54% of the vote. Patrick Hornquist came in second with 21%, Phil Kessel 19%, and Ian Cole getting a lowly 6% of the vote on the weekly Pens poll. Horwat, which Penguin would you prefer to see, if any of these, back in a Penguins uniform next season? I gotta go with none. I really do. And I don't even mean to like... You're not alone on that. A lot of people said, why are we going back to the well here? Like, I understand that 
Evan Rodriguez has been pretty good for the Colorado Avalanche. I understand that Hornquist was instrumental. So was Kessel. So was Cole and Stanley Cups in 2016 and 17. But a lot of people said, uh, let's just move on from all four of those and not reopen those doors. Yeah, this is the kind of poll that is just to catch the eyes. Like, ooh, familiar names that uh, harken the memories, i.e. Nick Benino from, you know, the trade deadline. It's a completely different situation now because not only are all of these men seven years older, mm-hmm. they're, they're all seven years older. They're all on the back ends of their careers. We're, uh, Patrick Hornquist will probably play again in the NHL, but he probably also shouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, just for the sake of uh, head injuries, he was... Uh, not can't, but he was taken out of the lineup for the remainder of the season because he had his second concussion in the season. When he was with the Penguins, his concussion number was already high. Mm-hmm. So that's enough of that. He probably shouldn't play another game in the NHL. Ian Cole is just kind of older and don't really know what he brings to the table anymore. And Phil Kessel, I mean, yeah, he played all 82 again. I was wrong whenever I said I think they healthy scratched him. He played all 82 again, but you didn't notice him. I didn't know he played all 82. And he definitely doesn't put up the same kind of numbers that he used to. I and mean, that's expected whenever you're 35. Uh, he was in more of a role, in more of like a lower role with the Golden Knights than he was before. Uh, only 14 goals this year. I just don't see that happening either now. Unfortunate, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm past that uh, point of nostalgia. And as for Evan Rodriguez, man, I I don't know. I, I guess if I had to pick one, it would have to be him, but it wouldn't be for long and it wouldn't be for a lot of money. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just don't, I just, you'd never know what you're getting with Evan Rodriguez and that kind of still continues in Colorado. I know he really put up a decent season, but that was through necessity. He was once again a first line center at one point. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. Never has been either, if anyone's been listening long enough. Yeah, you've never really been the biggest fan of Evan Rodriguez. Even last year during his breakout season, you were like, yeah, well, he was great in the but, first half. He was not great in the second half. What's real? Probably the second half. That that was always your take on Evan Rodriguez, and I'll get to Rodriguez in a second. The other thing about the other three, Hornquist, Kessel, Cole, none of them really left on great terms from Pittsburgh. That too. Hornquist was traded, not happy about it. Kessel wanted out and was traded. Ian Cole was traded and then wouldn't play for the team the Penguins traded him to. The team that they, that he, they traded him to wouldn't take him. But still, it was a it was a bad, un, unideal situation for Ian Cole. But yeah, yes. That was the Derek Broussard trade, correct? Yeah. Like, I'm correct in thinking that. Like, I didn't yeah. I didn't miss that. Yeah, I thought that I, I've always... There's weird trades with the Senators that always get mixed in my head. But yes... Those three guys didn't really leave amicably from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and those three are the older three of the players. And, and while Ian Cole of the three is the guy I'd probably take, the Penguins already kind of have that guy in Jan Ruda, so you don't really need to replace him with Ian Cole. I did love Ian Cole when he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was one of the most physical defensemen they had. He was the best defensive defenseman that they had. Him, along with Brian Dumoulin, was a one-two punch defensively that the Pittsburgh Penguins would love to have going into next season. But it's not 2016, so I'm staying away from that as well. Evan Rodriguez, 
I, I would take Evan Rodriguez back on the Pittsburgh Penguins at a fair price in a heartbeat. At the $2 million he's making now, yes. Even at a multi-year deal, if it's a two-year, $2 million deal, which he probably might take, I don't know. He, he had a similar season this year than he had the last season. If he would have stayed healthy all year, he would have had an identical season. And let's not forget, last year was his breakout. He had 16 goals, 39 points, and 69 games played for the, the Colorado Avalanche this year. He has multiple beautiful assists so far in the playoffs in one of the surprisingly best series in the Stanley Cup playoffs this far between the Avs and the Seattle Kraken. And while, yes, you said it was out of necessity, he had to be a first-line center once again, Penguins could have used a guy like that. Maybe not at center. Could have used a guy like that at wing. Absolutely. So... I would take Evan Rodriguez back in a heartbeat. He's 29 years old. He has the foot speed. He plays all three facets of the game. Good penalty killer. Good on the power play as a second power play guy. And he's good at five on five. He's not as physical, but nobody on the Penguins is. And I don't foresee that changing anytime soon under Mike Sullivan. So I'd take Evan Rodriguez back in the heartbeat. The other three, again, nostalgia is a hell of a drug, but I'd pass on him. I'd pass on all four, but that's just me. I think hey. it's time to really completely rework this. But <clears throat> I'd like to see that too. But the Penguins could do a lot worse than Evan Rodriguez coming back as a third-line center. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I said with Nylander earlier, it, you're right. Anyone in the bottom six would have been a benefit. Would have been a bonus. It would have been a step forward. So that's why Nylander kind of got in and was eventually pushed up to the top six and then pushed right back down. Evan Rodriguez in this bottom six where, yes, his the back half of last season wasn't great. I would have taken this Evan Rodriguez over anybody we had in the bottom six right now. Yeah. Even if, and I know, hindsight is twenty twenty. If you just, say, screw off to Kasperi Kapanen and Danton Heinen, sign Evan Rodriguez, you have Rodriguez, who was better than both of those guys, and you have $2.2 extra million dollars in cap space, where you could have probably signed somebody else who's pretty decent. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We will be back later this week with a new episode. Keep an eye on the feed as we will start to do end-of-season player reviews coming up starting next week. We'll discuss that and more as the summer continues for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a wild one as the general manager search is continuing. But that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.